guys, and welcome back for another episode of the Social Hour Podcast, a podcast for SOAS by SOAS. I'm your host, Ashley. And I'm your host, Bethany. And on today's episode, we have the lovely Aronica Cole. She is the needle and the bell on Instagram and social media. Hi, Aronica. So happy to have you today. Thank you for joining us. Um, can you give a little introduction to our listeners about who you are? And I mean, you do a lot. So just kind of give us a snippet and we'll just dive in. Okay, awesome. So um, <laughs> one, I'm so excited to be here. Um, Thank you. Know, you. Meeting you, Bethany, what a couple of weeks ago was super fun. So even being able to have this chat with both you and Ashley is awesome and amazing. Um, so my name is Aronica Cole. And um, if you would have told me like some 20 years ago that the one class that I took in sewing would have led me down this path, I would have thought that you were out of your mind. Um <laughs> So I took the the one and only class that I've ever taken for sewing when I was 13. I made some ranky-dank like drawstring backpack that I just thought was not fun. I did not love it. I thought this was lame. And I was like, sewing, I actually don't think is for me if this is what I'm going to end up with, right? <laughs> and um, I also really felt like sewing, like the instructions for patterns. I was like, what does this even mean? Like backstitch, mm -hmm. what? Um, and because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, what is... These are, this is like definitely different languages. It's German. What, what am I reading here? It's like um, trying to learn to read music, right? Like it is, it's like it a is. foreign language when you first get started. Mm -hmm. It really is. And I feel like, um, you know, it should be taught that way. Right. But, um, I, I was one of those kids who had really busy hands. So like I was always deconstructing something, um, whether it was my entire room, whether it was something else, but I was originally in school studying biology because I wanted to be a doctor. And so I would play with those skeleton things and I would put them together. I knew all of the bones in the body. Like I was that geek, right? And my mom was like, well, I listen, I need for you to stop taking things apart in my house. You got to start <laughs> creating because my home is falling apart. And so that's when she put me into the sewing class. And so after I hated that sewing class, I did go ahead and like try to create something just from scratch from my, for my brother. And we had a very fun Gordon Gartrell moment. Um, if you watch the Cosby show, you get it. But he wore it very proudly because I'm his baby sister and his baby sister. <laughs> made him something. Um, it was awful, but then, um, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was very terrible. And so I put down sewing, but then as I was going through a divorce from my practice marriage, uh, my mom got me another sewing machine and she was like, Hey, why don't you start creating? Like try to teach yourself to sew. And again, this was also like pre YouTube or maybe YouTube was just like starting because this was in like, mm -hmm. 2008, 2009-ish. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah. So like it was in the beginning, like before people were like, let me teach you how to attend YouTube mm -hmm. University, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I again looked at these these pattern instructions, but gal, I was determined. I was like, I'm going to make my New Year's Eve dress. Like I'm going to make it. And go big or go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're going to say a prayer that it stays up, right? Because it was like... <laughs> a sweetheart strapless neckline and it had like a skater body style, but y'all, it was all woven. So I had to put in, Ooh. first of all, it was supposed to be lined. It wasn't lined. I'm sure there was supposed to be some kind of boning in there, but I was like, what? Um, yeah. I'm not sure how I made the zipper install. 
I'm fairly certain that I flashed a couple of people that night, but it stayed on. Right? The dress it was stayed. New Year's, right? As long and that's kind of normal. <laughs> as long as you're covering your bits and pieces most of the they night. They were covered. They were covered <laughs> by some sort of fabric, okay? Um, and even after that, I was like, this is probably not for me because I have no idea what these instructions mean. Right. Yeah. So um, then I became pregnant with my oldest child and um, I started to make these because I was pregnant and you know, like pregnancies happen like in series. So uh, one of my bump buddies was pregnant with twins. And so I had made her the cutest little appliques, um, but I'd use my sewing machine to kind of like sew them in place. And one of them was like a French bulldog where like one twin had one side of on him, but you would put the twins mm-hmm. next to each other to get the whole dog, right? Yeah. But then after that, I was like, yeah, I'm good with sewing. But then um, <laughs> I used to upcycle. And that was when I really got into sewing was when I would go to the thrift stores and I would upcycle pieces. And I had so much fun creating. And I think that at that point in time, there was more of a DIY um, or teach yourself to sew community at that point in time. So like yeah. that was when I had found Mimi G and um, had really taken more risks in creating for myself. And then mm-hmm. after um, I got married and my second child was born, I, I really became committed to sewing like an hour a day. Um, and I loved awesome. it. Like I fell in love with the process of creation. In fact, um, over the weekend, my husband and I were going through my fabric stash, which is a lot. I'm about to de-stash <laughs> because Lord knows, like I don't need it all. But I found the fabric that I had shopped for. Like I went to a thousand Joann's just to get enough of this fabric because it was for the first dress that I was selling. Like I had made this like raglan style dress. It was like the, my mm-hmm. first time working with sleeves. And um, people were like, oh, I would wear that. Could you make me one? And it was my first time selling a dress. And I sold it for like 25 bucks. Don't look at me like I'm crazy because my husband was like, babe, you're not Target. So you you can't sell your prices because you just spent all day driving around to find fabric. And even that of itself is worth more than 20 bucks. So, um, you know, to get to kind of where I am now, I sewed a minimum of an hour a day, like every day for years um, and fell in love with it. I'm so it's fun to hear how you had like this love more hate relationship with it starting out and then how you just kept coming back to it at different times of your life. And it just slowly progressed into, and then I find that a lot of people, and we've talked to so many different guests at this point, and and a lot of them have a common uh, reason for falling in love with sewing or getting really into it was upcycling. And and sometimes I feel like taking something that's already constructed and then yeah. rearranging it or bringing it in or tailoring it or whatever is sometimes less intimidating than trying to mm. make something from folded yard of fabric. You know what I mean? From scratch. Yeah. Like, if you've already got something constructed, so it's more of just reconfiguring it and seeing how those things are constructed to make it work with what you want it to do. And so I feel like a lot of people are like you where they really start to get a better understanding of how garments are made and sewn together when they're working Mm -hmm. with something that's already finished and they're Mm -hmm. kind of reshaping it into something that works for them. So Mm -hmm. that's really cool because we've we've had a lot of people say that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How they get into it. Reverse engineering of the garments when you bring them home and you're like, oh, so that's how they put them together. Yeah. And once you start looking at that, then you start looking at everything you buy and the inside of all yeah. your shirts and you're like, exactly. 
you're like inspecting it. Yeah, like, ooh, they really yeah. should have finished that seam. And yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you you all remember this, but like there was a point in time where I think Target and Cat and Jack had released like some boys shirt or something like that that was essentially like the, all of the seams were on the outside and the mm-hmm. fabric was on the wrong side out. Right. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of sos were like, they just essentially messed up their first one and they were like, you know what? Let's just Maybe. keep this party going. Like it's it's a new yeah. fashion trend. And we were like, so seems out the right side of the fabric because like I think they put the neckband on with the right side out. You know, and it was like mm. one thing. And I was like, Oh, we're making a fashion statement because we messed this up. Got it. Let's go with it. <laughs> Let's just go. You know what? There was a pattern I made recently and it's all constructed with the seams on the outside. And then you have to top stitch them all down. And I was like, that's so much extra work. And this is a nightgown. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what pattern you're talking about. Nah. I love the shape of the pattern. And I constructed it the first time the way that it was instructed, right? Because I, I tested the pattern and I was yeah. like, yeah, this will be my first and last time doing it this way because why? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, so I made it and I looked at it and I had, I got it through my indie stitch box. And so the fabric I picked out was this really pretty tan and black. I did like a reel on it. Um, and I, I really like the fabric, but it's like a dressier fabric. And I'm like, okay, for me, the seams on the outside mm-hmm. seem very casual and like yeah. deconstruct, not dressy. And this is, even though it's a nightgown, it's a long one. It's got slits up both sides. It's got like a more open back, like yeah. I want this to look nice, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I did not follow the instructions. Um, I constructed yeah. it the, with the seams on the inside, but then I did go through and add like the top stitching on the front because it just really gave it more of a finished look. So I liked the look of the top stitching. I just wanted my seams on the inside and it, it turned out beautiful. I just kind of big, rigged it myself. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I, but I, I agree. That's not, mm. I, I think know, it's, uh, yeah, it's not. And I think if you're going to spend that much time and that much fabric on something, I would maybe do it for like a fun kid's t-shirt or something or a summer tank or something where mm-hmm. you see it around the shoulder or something, but down the side and this, there was a lot of seams for there was a lot of a simple, <laughs> a lot of top stitching. I was like, n- no. So I would, in fact, fun fact, um, a, a couple of years ago, I was on the Tamron Hall show, um, but I was on there talking about more sustainability because um, mm-hmm. I left corporate, the corporate world to become a sustainability blogger. And I've won a couple of awards doing that. But literally shortly after, someone reached out and they were like, we'd love for you to interview and, and see if we could get you onto a sewing show. They were like, we can't tell you the name of it. But, you know, we'd be interested in interviewing you. And I had to, like, come up with these fashion sketches. Now, listen, I didn't start doing fashion sketches until late last year. Everything typically just comes from my head because, again, home sewist, I just started. Like, Mm -hmm. I would have never thought myself as, like, a fashion designer. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was absolutely game. I talked to my husband. Mm -hmm. He was like, yeah. let's." Like He was like, go for it. Why not? Yeah. Why not? But then nothing, nothing came from that. Nothing came from it. And honestly, if I'm being completely honest, I was quite disappointed because I would have, I would have loved it. But I also feel like at that point in time, I don't feel like I had a strong aesthetic. Right. And I feel Mm -hmm. like, um, 
like a lot of the people who are on these shows, they have a really strong aesthetic. They have a really strong style. Yeah. And they've already got a defined brand too. Like, and they're, they're pursuing becoming a more well-known and worldwide known exactly. brand of, as a fashion designer. And, and, you know, for myself who just teaches how to sew, I'm not sitting here pursuing a fashion design career. Do I enjoy it? Yes. Am I learning how to do it digitally right now? Yes. You know, I want to yeah. expand my, my knowledge and my skill set, but I'm not pursuing a career in running a fashion line. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't think I would ever be chosen for anything like that for that very reason. Cause the end goal is to be, win money to start your brand or expand mm -hmm. your brand. Yeah. And that's not a goal of mine. At least not right. right now. So, yeah, you know, while I would have fun, if they had fun, if they made a show of just like moms who love to sew challenge, <laughs> there's an idea. We win a free vacation. <laughs> yeah, really. A month long vacation for mom. There right. you go. I'm just, I'm just here for the vacation, not the challenge. I just need yeah. a break. <laughs> like, I know that I was eliminated. Can I just stay still, though? Yeah. I don't know. Hang I out. Can I just sew in the background? <laughs> right. I'll be one of the seamstresses in the background. Right oh my gosh, how funny would that be? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, so let's talk about some of all of the things that you've done. Because I don't even know where to start. You do so many things. You've mentioned a couple of things. But, I mean, I guess I'll ask you where you want to start. Because, I mean, just to run some things off the list. You, you mentioned Mimi G. So you've done a Nomi pattern um, there. You've uh, Steam work ambassador, your Bernina ambassador. You teach projector sewing courses. Uh, mm -hmm. And I do know that you love to dress for plus size women. And so I want to talk about all of these things. So I'm going to let you pick where we start. <laughs> um, well, goodness, Bethany. Like, <laughs> uh, you're like, I didn't know I had such a long list. And then you also have the apothecary right. business too. And I'm sure I'm missing some right. things. So, um, I guess we could start with the plus size, like, um, yeah. because I feel like that's kind of where it was harnessed. Right. Um, yeah. Because I really started sewing for myself after I had my second child and the baby was like, girl, we're not going no place. So either switch <laughs> yourself or make some new clothes. Um, you know, and I don't really subscribe to the whole notion of, of the snack snapback that a lot of women put on themselves after they have a baby. Right. Like it's mm -hmm. like, Oh, I have to immediately get back to my pre-pregnancy weight and stuff like that. And I still haven't gotten back to my pre-pregnancy weight for the second child, you know? Um, so, <laughs> and I'm not even back to my pre-pregnancy weight from when I had my first child in truth, because like I was, you know, I was actually bigger when I got pregnant with her. Mm -hmm. Um, but I lost a lot of weight because I, I struggled with being a single mom and, and being depressed and stuff. So it was easy mm -hmm. to lose weight. But now I'm like, how do you lose weight when you're like happy? Like, can someone right? That, right? <laughs> how do we do it when we're happy and in a healthy relationship? And, you know, how do you do that? So yeah, um, I couldn't figure it out. So I started sewing you know, for myself and, um, mm -hmm. and making clothes that fit the body where I was because I just couldn't find the styles that I liked. And I feel like after each child, I've kind of gone through this transition of redefining what style looks and feels like mm -hmm. to me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, you know, after I had my second is really kind of when I began to, to be blogging more like, and I was in front of a lot more people and I wanted to be more comfortable 
Mm -hmm. And um, so I just began sewing. Like I was taking PR trips and we were driving cars for hours. And I was like, I want to be comfortable on this like six hour look cute. Right. And still be cute for when we arrive mm-hmm. at the coffee shop and we have to do these photo ops. Like, you know, we didn't mm-hmm. just spend 17 hours in a car, you know? Um, <laughs> so I really began sewing for myself at that point in time because I wanted to feel comfortable and look cute, you know? Um, yeah. And that mm-hmm. was like during the time where like the LuLaRoe leggings were big. Is that who, what, yes. who they were? Wearing? Yeah. Okay. So, and I never yeah. bought them. Because no. um, it's funny because like I was in church yesterday and um, the pastor was talking about how, um, and I wrote this down, the pastor was talking about how like when you're walking in faith and we're doing a faith series in my church um, about how when you're walking in faith, you don't necessarily have to be able to see it by sight. You're, you're walking based off of what you hear, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to myself as I sat there because I was like, I always jokingly say my toxic trait is I think I can do anything. Right. And then I'm like, I wonder if that's really a toxic trait or if it's just like my divine destiny. Right. Like, because mm-hmm. I just walk in faith that I can do this. Right. Yeah. So when I saw the Lulero leggings, I was like, I can make that. Had I ever made leggings before? <laughs> no. But I was like, I can do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, um, but at the time, that was like what was taking over. Right. It was like the tunics mm-hmm. with the leggings that were super cute. And I was like, well, was, I want to do it too. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. And, um, you know, that was when I fell in love with like double brushed polyester, which listen, mm-hmm. I, can, I can do it somewhat now because you know, you learn more about the fabrics and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to be comfortable though, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I had to sew so that I was cute and comfortable and I didn't feel like I was like a sausage stuffing myself into clothes um, mm-hmm. while I was trying to raise a family while I was having like, and this was like the first year of my marriage too you know, and mm-hmm. so I'm trying to have a help, happy and healthy marriage. And, um, you know, so I, I just began to create because I, yeah. I needed something to wear. And it's helping you define, like find a, um, define who you are as a person outside of being a wife and a mother. And, yeah. you know, because if you stay so focused on those things, sometimes you, you tend to lose yourself. Right. And so wow. to be able to express yourself and who you are as an individual in mm-hmm. the collective of being also a mom and a wife and, you know, uh, all these other things, um, to be able to express yourself through your clothes and the things that you want to make and, and have a mm-hmm. purpose outside of everything else that you do and are, um, I think it's so important. And I think people, one thing I've noticed with our guests is a lot of them have found a purpose through sewing. Yes. Beyond just being mom, beyond just being wife, beyond just being employee, employee to a company, you know, it's, it's giving them a purpose outside of that, that they, uh, it's like recharging their batteries you exactly. know, to be able to continue to be those things, but also be something for themselves. And so to see you take, um, take the opportunity to embrace your body where it is, and yeah. dress it for where it is and accept it for where it is and where it's going and where it's been and all the things. Right. And then to show that in your social platforms, like you have has, I think truly encourage other people to embrace their body where it is and learn how to dress yeah. their body. You know, that's the other thing is a lot of people. And I, when we were at the Sew expo and I met you there, 
you know, I'm showing the ditto and I'm doing demonstrations. And a lot of the people I was talking to were quilters at the time, um, yeah. but they, they used to be garment sewers. They used to make their own clothes. And they said they yeah. stopped because they got frustrated with, has their body changed learning how to dress their body? It wasn't, mm-hmm. they learned how to sew garments when their body fit the, the, the pattern <laughs> and then all that they've had children or gotten older and they've gained weight or they've gotten taller, shorter, whatever, maybe their, their bodies have changed and they no longer know how to dress their body. And I feel like you're really helping people learn to not only accept their body, but dress their body, uh, meet it where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Cause I was reading Tim Gunn's book on style and um, he says that if you're plus size or kind of out of your standard shape, right? Because mm-hmm. we all have a shape, right? But if you're mm-hmm. out of the standard shape that's, that's deemed acceptable, then you should wear dark clothes and essentially cover everything. And I don't love that. You know, I feel like um, whether you're super petite and you have struggled to love yourself as a small person or you're super big and you have struggled to love yourself or find inclusivity as a larger person, you should be able to dress how you want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like I turned 40 this summer and I'm already, and I've already been at this point of the biggest weight loss that I've had is in losing the weight of other people's opinions because it doesn't matter to me yes. what someone else thinks, right? Now, whether I inspire you, I love that for you. And I love that for me because Mm -hmm. in what I do, I really do show up to provide inspiration and just provide a a different way that you could go about Mm -hmm. life. And sometimes Mm -hmm. even as adults, we need for someone outside outside of us to kind of give us the permission that we need to wear the Mm -hmm. crop top, to wear the body con dress, Mm -hmm. to run carpool in a mini skirt. Like if that's what's in your spirit that day, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I like being that. But if you don't align, that's cool too, right? Mm -hmm. Like you should absolutely find someone who speaks to your spirit and speaks to what makes you feel good. Um, But I love that, that most people see me and they're like, I feel like I can do it. You know, I feel like Mm -hmm. I have the permission that I needed in order to live the fullness of the life that I want to have. You know, impact of what you wear and how it really impacts how you show up, right? When I was out in Washington, I was speaking and um, I had two classes that were on how to plan a cohesive wardrobe, not a capsule wardrobe, because I'm not a minimalist, right? My fabric collects <laughs> differently, but how to have a cohesive wardrobe. And I think it's important because as people, right, we understand that color theory is a thing. We understand that mm-hmm. touch theory is a thing and you mm-hmm. should be able to wear things that really uplift you or make you feel Mm -hmm. good or that you're able to touch throughout the day and get a good feeling as you're navigating a hard time or as you're celebrating a great time. Like clothing Mm -hmm. is more than just, oh, it's just clothes. Clothing has the ability to take us and transcend, you know, where we started out in the beginning of the day and how we choose to end the day and what we're wearing Mm -hmm. that has helped us to create the bridge that we need to make it there. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, um, with that being said, I'm 38 and I still have yet to give myself permission. Um, I'm hoping that through this, like I'm plus size, obviously. Um, And I still like get really weird showing my body online. Um, 
But through the pattern drafting course, I'm hoping that I can, you know, after basically deconstructing my body and then like, what's it called? Like um, confronting my measurements, like for the first time, it's like, I'm hoping that that will kind of, I don't know, give me the permission to be like, okay, you can wear things and not care what other people think. I think the other thing too is actually going through this course is going to teach you more about your body and your body shape and your measurements so that you can dress for that body and those measurements so that you're not always trying to cover up, but you're trying to dress that shows the figures and yes, and highlight the things that Mm -hmm. you want to highlight and what makes you feel comfortable. So I feel like that's a good and you have a you have a weight like you have a good waist, so it's like learning to. Too, so there's that. And that's not a bad thing. It's not. Bad. <laughs> I actually oh, guarantee I your booty is nothing compared to my girlfriend. You know what they said? I did a study. They said that that people who have bigger butts are smarter. So you're welcome. I don't know what else to say. You know. No shame. I have like no butt. <laughs> Listen, I've seen you in person. You have like. You have a little cupboard, right? I have, I mean, it, it's right. like, it's there. It's there. It's there. <laughs> it's mine. Mine is more my, I don't have like hips that go out. Mine butt goes straight back. So I have a butt, but you can't see it from the side, like from yeah, yeah. straight on. You got to get it from the side. Okay. Yeah. It's there. It's there. I feel like it's there. It's there. Um, that's too funny, but no, actually I'm serious. Like, I feel like when going through this is going to teach you how to make garments that accentuate your waist and, Mm -hmm. you know, really show off your, and then you're going to go, wow, I would have never put this on me before, but now that I've put it on me because it's to my measurements and I made it myself and you're like, I can, it just adds that confidence. And Mm -hmm. I think you're going to find yourself really starting to find a, your own style I hope because so. we are not all fit into the box of the styles that are in the box stores. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, even for myself, like I don't like half the things that I try on at the box store. And it's not that I don't like the style of the garment. It's just not made to fit me. And so if okay. I make it myself yeah. to my measurements, with my own kind of vibe to it, then I end up loving it. And it's the same type of garment, but it's too, maybe with a fabric that drapes better on me, you know, or those kind of things. So, so you just, that's the power of sewing, right. Is to have the ability to just, I don't know, like make yourself feel really confident in clothes. It's so empowering. So it is, it is like, I like to think of like our clothing as our armor. Right. Yeah. And it's like, what are you arming yourself with that day? Right. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and so when we were at it, Washington, I also did the class that was on knowing your measurements and it's so Mm -hmm. true, like how your measurements truly impact how you make the garments fit. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I also, and I thought that the classes went really great together. So we had the cohesive wardrobe planning and how to pick out what your style is and like what mm-hmm. feels good, like choosing your silhouettes based off of what they make you feel like choosing the colors that you wear. And the reason why I said that it wasn't capsule wardrobe planning is because in capsule wardrobe planning, they tell you to have your colors done and that you should pick mm-hmm. the colors that you wear based off of that. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. I don't believe in that. 
But mm-hmm. um, I also believe in wearing colors that make you feel happy, right? Because right. color having your colors done might say that you shouldn't wear neon pink. But if neon pink makes you feel happy, then you should neon wear neon pink. Neon pink is beautiful on some yeah. people. Like... Exactly. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, but understanding what silhouettes make you feel amazing and how you can take your measurements to fit that and how that goes in and even how it, how you plan your wardrobe out. Like, um, one of the things that I love and I think that is aligned with my style are like the high waist palazzo pant. Like that is always yeah. going to be something which, like, yeah, no matter what, I'm always going to have those on. Right. Why? Yeah. Because like you said, they hit at that, where that rib cage is and baby, mm-hmm. <laughs> or a crop top, a girl, a girl is giving, I'm like six feet tall with this bomb shape. Right. And I'm five, five. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I'm not that. Tall. <laughs> right. But when you understand the way that the silhouettes affect how you appear, then you begin mm-hmm. to create this dope wardrobe that no matter what yeah. you pull out, you feel like a million bucks. Right. Do like, you feel like, do you feel like, um, like making your own clothes, understanding your body shape, understanding how garments can enhance. I mean, I feel like you're play, you're like a magician, right? Like it's all like having the high waist, the long pants will make you look taller. It's like an optical Gym. illusion, right? It so it's is. like all about working with your body shape to create and amplify that shape to make people turn heads and go, holy cow. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Confident, you know? beautiful. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, you're kind yeah. of playing like a magic trick over here and you're the magician and you get to create it however you want. Um, you That's know, it. you just made a comment about the colors and everything. You know, I had my colors done before we started this podcast. I just thought, why not? And I kind of regret doing it because one, it was expensive and two, it was not revolutionary to me. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I got my colors and I was like, I'm just being honest. I got my colors and I was like, okay, well, I mean, that explains why I'm drawn to these colors. And most of my closet already is all of these colors. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me something I don't know. And I didn't get that, right? Like, it wasn't like, oh, it was like, um, I just wasted 200 bucks, whatever. <laughs> so, but, but now I think it's actually done me a disservice. And let me tell you why. It was just because of what you just said about the hot pink. Because I love hot pink. But you will not, you will not find me wearing hot pink in that closet. And, and it's so frustrating. It's like, I, I saw some beautiful pink fabric and I was like, well, it's not my color and I don't need to buy it. Now you're like, you're, you're looking at those colors like they obviously look bad on me. And and now I don't even like, now I wish I had just gotten the dang fabric and made what I wanted because I would, it would have made me happy. I don't care if it makes me look washed out. I'm really good at makeup. Okay. And I will just add some toner and some bronzer and just, I mean, I put on a lipstick and call it a day, but your hair color also could, you know, look different with that. So you could change your hair. I mean, I'm brunette in the winter. I'm blonde in the summer. I mean, I feel like it doesn't, work for me because I, I want to wear some bright colors in the summer and yeah. I want to wear mm-hmm. black. I love to wear black. And I was like, do not wear like avoid that. I'm like, who doesn't like what? Black who doesn't somebody? look good black? I don't know. Yeah. I was I quite like, disappointed. Everyone has to have their black mini dress. Like, come on. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, re- now I question everything when I'm shopping for fabric. And while it has helped me rein in my spending on fabric and just mm-hmm. impulse buying, it's made me think about why am I buying this? What is the, yeah. what is drawing me to it's given me that. Okay. Mm-hmm. What it has also done is gone too far and said, you can't buy that because it's not in your colors. And it's like, but I, it makes me happy when I look at it. Like I want wow. the pink fabric with the neon yellow bananas all over it. I just oh think gosh. it looks so fun. Where was that? <laughs> Please send, I will send it to you. Please I do. will. It is beautiful, and and they, it's such a fun summer pattern, and it would look fabulous on you. But now I'm sitting here going, well, I don't know if that'll look good on me because I'm not tan enough, or I don't have blood, you know, whatever. Well, then go get tan. Go to the beach. I know, Spray right? I like to live in an and world versus an or world, right? Like, so okay, like, and. You know, like mm-hmm. I can wear this and that, or like, you know, mm-hmm. um, I was actually talking to my husband about this and I was like, babe, I have fallen in love with neons. He's like, I see that. And I'm like, <laughs> we all see it. You see it from space. We like, miss it, right? but he, he was like, I love the way that neons look with like a neutral. Right. Yeah. And so I feel like you can have the best of both worlds. Like, so like you're wearing this neutral colored sweater. Why not wear that with a hot pink pant or like the lime green? You know what I mean? So I feel like um, when we do things that pigeonhole us, we end up pigeonholing almost our feelings, our emotions, everything that goes along with that, right? Like Mm -hmm. um, red lipstick, I feel like looks good on everyone. Now, some people might need a more violet base versus an orange base. So it's just Mm -hmm. about finding what makes you feel like you look amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I always have, like, I've got, okay, so I have an obscene amount of red lipsticks. It's absurd. <laughs> and every season we pull out a different one because I also feel like, because my undertones, I have more, sometimes I'm yellow, sometimes I'm orange, sometimes I'm red. Right. So I'll put, put them all on. So get all yeah. of the pink and depending upon where, what season it is and what's showing out. Right. You can pull mm-hmm. out whatever pink makes you feel good, right? Like I'm wearing yeah. more washed out versions of neons today because it's Monday and I'm like, who we're awake. We're celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> we got up this morning. We are um, up. <laughs> that's all we have here, right? Yeah. But um, I think that I think that when you limit yourself, you limit your growth as well. And you never yeah. know what yeah. wearing that can can push you towards, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what? You've just given me permission to go buy that hot pink and banana fabric. I know. Now we're going to be matching. I need the link. Oh, well. that's totally fine with me. I would love that. I would love we'll that. Ready. I think it would be such a cute little summer dress or a maxi. It's a woven, I think. It's a woven. So it's like perfect summer. I'm going to have, you know what? It's one of those things where you see it so many times and then you say, I'm not going to get it. And then now that you want to get it, it's like, how do I, I find there. it? Where, where was it? What was the name of it? I'll find it. I'll find it. We'll share it. They came out with, it was a fabric company. They came out with like three, I think three or so different bold summer prints. One of them was like with the big banana leaves all over it. It was really fun. There was some, another one, but they were like some bright colors, but the hot wow. pink with the yellow bananas all over it just really... Yeah, I need the link. 
It just like looks it so fun. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll find it as soon as we're done recording. I promise. Okay. And if we do find it, we'll put a picture so that you guys can see it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then that fabric company is going to be like, why did we just have an uptick and sell in this fabric? Oh, just because of uh, me being obsessed with it and finally giving myself permission to buy the fabric. Because when we were at Sew Expo, there was a Billy's Fabrics was there and I bought quite a few things from them. But there was a, they had a neon pink fabric that I was like, or it's like a bolder pink, not neon, but like a bright pink. And, and I really wanted it. And I was like, and then I was standing there and I kind of held it up and there was a lady talking to me and I was like, what do you think? And she's like, I think that muted pink's more your color. And I held it up. She's like, yeah, that's more your color. And I'm like, I know that, but I really want the bright pink. That's the wrong answer. (laughs) I know. I really wanted her to be like, I think that looked great, even if she was lying to me, uh, because I just wanted her to tell me that I had permission to buy the fabric. Yeah. And then I had to wait for Veronica to tell me today that I have permission to buy the fabric. And, you're, and look, Veronica's always going to tell you to buy the fabric. Yeah. <laughs> That's how Veronica got in the situation that Veronica's in right now. Like, <laughs> Can I just tell you, I'm that person for everybody else, but when I go to do it for myself, I struggle. Mm. I struggle. Like I buy the fabrics all the time, but I find myself buying the same kind of soft autumn tones that I, I know they look good on me here, but it's not always what I want to wear. So now I'm like, well, do I need to de-stash and start getting, I want to play with style and I want to explore more with style. uh, My uh, cohesive wardrobe planning session. Well, if I wasn't working, I would have. I know. Like, I always miss out on all the fun stuff when I'm working those events, but that's okay. But there were, there were some, we did good. We did good. I will say that we had a good time. You were missed. Yeah. I'll say that. I now. know you were I missed. missed it. I missed all the fun. Um, now you mentioned Mimi G earlier and you did some, a, did you just do the one? Have you just done one pattern with Mimi? Like the Nomi patterns? Or have you done more? Are you working on new ones? So I actually have quite a few coming out. So fall came out. Oh, good. And yes. fall was the pant with the sweetheart color block top. Yes. Um, and honestly, I feel like I played it safe for that design. I enjoy it because the pants are like a flat front with an elastic waistband in the back. So, you know, you never feel like you have to unzipper your pants if you've eaten a lot, right? <laughs> it's giving my stomach has space to grow and not make me feel like I'm going to die. Um, and then the top can be, I like, I've seen people making some of the most incredible hacks out of this pattern. They turn it into dresses. They turned it into peplum tops. Um, they have done so many things. It's been amazing. The early spring pattern came out last month and, Mm -hmm. um, that one is a bustier with a skirt. Um, and the skirt has like a nice, like little high, let me show my thigh situation, right? Because I feel like if we have thigh meat, we're meant to show it, right? Thick thighs, <laughs> lot. some of us perform, right? And I love so it. that is showing how the miracles are performed. Um, then I have a, the, the full spring pattern that's coming out. And um, that one is also a crop top. Because listen, one thing about me is we're going to be showing either TA both of them a little stomach. We're showing skin. There's enough patterns yeah. out there that are plus size and that are covering our bodies and um, giving us deaconess from church. I want to do the opposite. 
right? Like I want it to be, yeah. I've got curves, I have body, it might be a little extra, but it's worth seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, it's paired with a, you can either, it's coming in a shorts length or a pant length, but it's like a wide palazzo pant situation with pleats in the front Fun. and then zipper and button. It's, oh, and it's high-waisted. So it's fantastic. <laughs> um, we I also have summer patterns coming out. Um, for summer awesome. patterns, expect to see me modeling a swimsuit, right? Um, Yay. Very, very excited about that. Um, is and this then your first color, time doing a swimsuit pattern? It is. Not my first That's time That's exciting. It, but my first time designing it. And again, I feel like I did play it safe, but I gave a really good silhouette. Um, good. Because my goal in every pattern that I create, in every pattern that I design, is to give something that sewists can uh, create in multiple ways. So yes, mm-hmm. it's a swimsuit pattern, but make it as a bodysuit, right? And now you have a body that transitions throughout the seasons. But right. in, in my design process for Nomi, I was designing with the idea of creating a cohesive wardrobe, right? So creating in a way that when you purchase all of my patterns, you now have set yourself up for a level of success with your wardrobe planning that is both timeless as well as trendy, depending upon what your fabric choices are. So like, for example, you said that this like neon pink with the uh, banana is a woven. I'm like, it's going to be bananas as a boussier. That's what I'm going to use, right? Perfect. Um, and it, it'll be perfect because you can wear it when it's hot outside. You can wear mm-hmm. it over a t-shirt. You can wear it underneath a jacket. It'll have mm-hmm. a lot of versatility. Um, right. So when I'm designing, I'm thinking about, one, what hacks can we do to take this to different levels, right? Mm-hmm. But also, I'm like, how, can, how many ways can this be worn? How can the mm-hmm. wearer get the most out of this pattern. Like when people mm-hmm. buy these patterns, I want their patterns to be so worn out. They're like, oh, I got to go buy a new one because I've made it so much. Right. Mm-hmm. So like the Boussier looks fantastic with the, with the pants of the fall fabric or the fall pattern. Right. Yeah. The fall pattern can also be chopped off to become shorts, you know? Yeah. Um, similarly, culottes, with- you know, like a Capri or something even exactly. like for spring. Exactly. So, so when I'm designing, that's exactly what I want. I want people to be like, mm-hmm. I can't stop wearing it. Or there's always an occasion that I can wear this too. It's versatile. Right. Exactly. I um, love that. Just a I question. Is is Nomi Patterns, is that, that's a printed pattern that you buy in the store? It is. Is yeah, it available so in Canada? I feel like it is because, you know, um, Candace, who's the other half of Stay Stitch Patterns, she lives in Canada, and I want to okay. say she was able to purchase um, a Nomi pattern as well. But I do, okay. know, I do also know that we can be found in what is it? Um, I want to say in the UK as well. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we should okay. be able to be found in Canada as well. We have a, a store called Fabricland that's kind of that goes across Ontario. And they're the oh, ones okay. who carry the big four. So hopefully I'll go check yes. that out. And my it. understanding is that very soon um, PDF patterns for more than just some of the McCall's patterns is also a possibility. Nice. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, 
And I don't know if you know this, but like some of the patterns you can download. And then of course use like PDF stitcher and you can use it with your projector and stuff like that Mm -hmm. already. Right. I feel like that's my only way now. Ever since I got my projector installed, it's just like, I'm sorry, but (laughs) I don't want to touch paper. (laughs) Yes. There's a time and a place that I'll still pull out, you know, and, and print out a paper pattern. Um, because I'm being very particular about where I'm cutting on the fabric to like, Mm -hmm. like fussy cut, like I was doing with the quilt yesterday. Um, But, but again, I do love my projector, just the efficiency of it, how quick it is, sets a mood. And you do, speaking of projectors, teach projector sewing courses. And so let's talk about that for a second. Like what, if someone wanted to learn how to uh, set up a projector, you know, where could they find that information from you? So I have the, um, I actually do all, I have a, what's called the stand store. And mm-hmm. if you're a creator who sells anything, I absolutely think that you should have one. I'll include my link as well. Um, but I do projector sewing 101, which goes over like how to decide what projector is for you, right? Because mm-hmm. there's so many different types of projectors that are out there. Um, And I'm not the type of person who encourages people to just spend endlessly unless it's on fabric because fabric is the the gift that keeps on giving. Right. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) Like, you know, I have my projector. I use an Epson Breitling 45i and mine was used. And so Mm -hmm. that's to my sustainable heart. Um, cause I spent Mm -hmm. like 250 on it and I got it from eBay. So I like, I got mine from eBay too. Come on eBay. Yes. Um, I really like to speak to people where they are financially, right? Um, mm-hmm. I understand that one, our our love of sewing can be expensive, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I'm a Bernina brand ambassador, so the machines are expensive, right? Yes. Um, but I encourage people to buy secondhand. So in the course, we talk about what space you have, what would be best for what you're cutting, right? Like if you are just a... Um, if you're just sewing clothes for children, you may not need an ultra short throw projector because all your pattern pieces can fit using the mini projector or mm-hmm. you know something of those lines. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily mm-hmm. need all that space. But mm-hmm. if you're sewing for adults, an ultra short throw and you don't have like the ceiling height of like nine feet, it's going to be amazing for you because like on my cutting table, which is like three by four, I can fit an entire pant piece. You know, I can't fit mm-hmm. quite the length of a maxi dress, but almost, you know? Mm-hmm. So we talk about the different types of projectors that are available and what would work best in your space. Not everybody mm-hmm. has a dedicated sewing space. Sometimes they need a more flexible breakdown or they don't mm-hmm. want to install in a ceiling because they don't want to have to take it out. Even though, honestly, a ceiling install is is not like, it doesn't make a huge hole. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't, but if you're renting or, you know, those kind of things, yeah. But, um, you know, we talk about the different types of setups that are available, um, Mm -hmm. as well as the easiest way to calibrate, right? Like I am someone who, um, I'm probably undiagnosed ADHD, but I get overwhelmed (laughs) when I have too much information or too many Mm -hmm. lines or too many of these things. Like, it yeah. becomes very like uh, overwhelming for me, and so That's what I, happened to me? Yeah, I just show the easiest way to calibrate your projector, right? Um, yeah, because I think that a lot of people get caught up and want how to get get it set up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, how to make it work with what you have, 
right? Because how much, right. like, I don't even want to talk about how many patterns I have because I was a pattern tester for many years and not just for one company. Like I mm-hmm. tested patterns for multiple companies and, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've been sewing with a projector for three years now, but I was testing patterns many years before that, right? Like the announcement, the birth announcement for my son was a pattern test mm-hmm. because he was wearing the pattern test. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh my gosh. That's so, so funny. Right. And right. And I was also sewing up until the time that I I gave birth. Um, But I I think that I like to be able to meet people where they are. And then I do Mm -hmm. another class that's on how you modify the sewing patterns, right, for Mm -hmm. your body. Because um, like for me, I pretty standardly do a full booty adjustment and full full tummy adjustment on pretty much most, pretty much all patterns because, Mm -hmm. you know, I hold my weight there. And I want to make mm-hmm. sure that I'm not struggling to pull up my pants throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can do a standard fix on the pattern piece so that I don't have to do my lazy adjustment. But I also show how to do lazy adjustments, right? Mm-hmm. Because not everybody wants to make the permanent adjustment where not everybody wants to take the time that everybody is like sitting at a computer where it's comfortable for them to do. So I yeah. show both how to make the lazy adjustment, which um, is really helpful, by the way for, for on, on the whim. Right. But then I also show how you can use different software to permanently make those adjustments, um, in a different class. So, uh, um, that may be a class I need to take because it's a lot. now that I've, well, it's, it's, I know how to grade and do all of that with paper patterns or adding paper to my pattern to, you know, lengthen, shorten, grade, all of that. But to be able right. to do that, with a projected pattern already projecting, like I think that would be, or be able to edit it so that when it projects, it's already adjusted for me and I'm not having to project multiple sizes and hope that I'm cutting this the same for the front and the back, you know, and all of that. That's where it gets a little tricky sometimes with, for me, with the projectors um, having to grade between sizes and then remembering how I did it. So when it fits really well and I want to make that top again. In the exact same way. Yeah, I don't remember how much I added here. Did I do it from here to here or just across here? Like, you know, and I'm yeah. I'm trying to figure it out all over again. And um of course I didn't write it down. My ADHD was like, No, you'll remember. It lies it lies to me every time and I believe it every time. But you know, the what would I do? <laughs> it, it, literally the next day I'm like, I'm not going to remember that. Why do I do this to myself? I but in a notebook, but then I have like 50 notebooks. So <laughs> where is it? So yeah. the, the thing about the too much information and shutting down, that was me. I got into that Facebook group projectors for sewing Facebook group, which is a wealth of knowledge, sure. but there's so many posts, so many questions, so many different like setups, right? That I got overwhelmed. I think I purchased three different projectors before I figured out which one worked for my space because I didn't have Veronica telling me, or I didn't have Sheridan with projector sewing telling me how to do it or figure it out. And I bought one and I think it was over a year before I finally installed it because by the time I got it and figured out that it was the right one, I was so overwhelmed. I shut down and I ignored it for a really long time. And I don't want other people to go through that and have a not so fun experience. 
Um, and so that's why I love that you offer this, this kind of resource to people. We have, we, you know, we did interview Sheridith with projector. sewing. she offers some resources as well, but I love that yeah. you teach the, the, once you project how to, you know, adjust for your size and all of mm. that too. I think that's <clears throat> fabulous information. I need to learn the booty adjustment. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Bethany might need to learn the full booty adjustment too. Cause she's not going to take the booty. <laughs> Thank you. Blushing. <laughs> it's, it, it'll surprise you because again, it's like, you don't know what's there. And then, you know, I turn yeah. around and it's like, did not expect that from her. Yeah. Or, you know, sneaks up on you. So those childbearing hips. So there's no secrets. <laughs> I do not. I'm so jealous of the childbearing hips because I don't, I'm like Bethany where and if it's fine, let me stand up because like when I'm standing, like standing straight forward, it's like, oh, okay. She's probably like, a like I've got like your typical pear shape, right? right? Yeah. So we've got a pear shape, but then I turn around and it's like, oh wow. She's just all, butt. yeah, um, me too. So I got a baby. Like yeah. we're sneaky over here too. Whereas Ashley is giving like, no, you, right. Like she's probably got like, oh. Uh, Right? Like what all of the like girly curves are, are modeled after. She's got an hourglass hourglass for sure. Oh, it's so funny because whenever you think of hourglass, you can't help but think like, you know, Sophia Vergara or something like that. <laughs> Beautiful, right? It's just like, oh, me too. Something like, I don't know if you know this, but the sculptures that were done back in the day were not done of the skinny hourglass shapes. Mm-mm. They had mm-hmm. rolls. Right, that's the because tummies. that was like close to to close to the goddess body. So mm-hmm. remember that. Yeah, that's why those paintings when you go into the museums, like yeah, the women, no, but they they celebrated their bodies because of what they were giving. They were giving yeah. life, and they were, you know creating and 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 it's just it's beautiful they're caring and and it's just accepting them for who they are and i you know it's it's nice to see that because i feel like in today's culture and it's not ever going away because it was prominent when i was a teen (laughs) looking at these magazines and i'm like okay i gotta wear my pants really low but my hips are really weird and it doesn't look like they're Mm -hmm. hips but like how do you how do you make your hips smaller I did, but it wasn't cute. And then I felt like I needed to cover up my tum because my I was accentuating an area on my body that was smaller, so it made my tummy look bigger. But really, I just I have high hip bones, and so it was just accentuating those, and it just looked awful. And it didn't look like because I don't have that shape. I don't mm-hmm. have that hour hourglass. I'm like a bean pole over here like straight like i have like the shape of a boy like straight down oh with seriously like it's just straight down the side so i didn't have curves to accentuate so it was just making it more obvious that it was just straight and didn't have that and it bugged me and i've always been so insecure in my stomach because of that and i'm starting to learn how to dress for my body type finally and here i am you know almost 39 years old. And I'm like, Oh, I wish I had known this when I was younger. Cause I'd probably have more confidence than I do now. 
So maybe as parents, you know, as our kids are getting older, we can learn now that we understand our bodies and our body shapes and how to dress for them. We can understand theirs and help them dress for them because that will give them confidence through their clothes. And I, and I know that they want to wear what everybody else is wearing, but how can we wear that in a way that's going to accentuate what God gave you instead of trying to hide or look like someone else? Right. Well, Bianca, like she's got some a bum and hips and, and legs and she's next to girls that are skinny minis and their leggings don't fit them. You know what I mean? And she's just yeah. like looking at them and she's 11. So she's she's at that age where she's starting to like notice those things. But now I feel like I'm, I'm getting the tools to be able to help her embrace earlier yeah. so she doesn't go through those struggles that I went through with body images, you know, mm-hmm. teenage years, early 20s, all those things. So I'm, yeah. I'm super excited to be able to like share that knowledge with her. Cause I feel like my parents, boomers, they didn't talk about any of this stuff at all. No, <laughs> it was no. just not on their radar. So we just suffered over here, hating our bodies. Yeah. And I feel like hard. we were a generation that mm-hmm. really took a big brunt of that because we were <laughs> the generation that had, the Christina Aguilera's and the Britney Spears and the mm-hmm. Jennifer like uh, and all Jessica Simpson and all of them that are all dressing very scant, like skimpy with the low riders and showing their tummies mm-hmm. and all of this. And that's just, that was so in your face. And it was the first time, like, you know, the internet's coming out and all of this, and it's really in your face all the time. And now, now we just can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. We can't, it, we can't get away. Like it's never ending. But yeah. I think that women's bodies are not a monolith, right? And that there's so much beauty in every mm-hmm. single body type. And right. We, it's hard for us to see the beauty and what we have. Like, it's the same thing with like hair, right? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, like women with, with straight hair wish that they had curly hair. Yeah. <laughs> women with curly hair wish they had straight hair, right? Yeah. And so we all, we always want what we don't have. But yeah. there's so much beauty in what it is that we were given. Mm-hmm. And we, yes. you know, we just, we just don't see it. And I really, I really do hope that as we're, as we're all kind of navigating life and matriculating mm-hmm. through this, that we're able to take a step back and really say, you know what? Like I am beautiful and my yeah. flaws are beautiful. This is, this is going to be an interesting story. Okay. But I've had three kids, right? And I breastfed my kids for five, almost six years now. Um, and so we are no longer offending people with our nipples if I don't wear a bra because we're mm-hmm. like, we're like facing a little down, not completely, but we're like, hmm. right. And in my head, I'm like, they've oh, done this- work. Okay. They've done right. work. In my opinion, they look like they put in work, right? <laughs> my husband is like, oh, I love your boobs. They're fantastic. But, you know, when you look at a lot of these standards of beauty, right? Women have the perky breasts. So we're comparing ourselves to that. But we went mm-hmm. out on Saturday night to a friend of mine's birthday party. And what I will say is that what I saw there normalized my my body, but they were still mm-hmm. seen as beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so seeing that and seeing it in person really highlights that we're just so hard on ourselves. Like we oh, yeah. are so hard on our bodies. We're so hard on whether or not we see ourselves as beautiful based off of like, and no shade to like the Gigi Hadid's, but like, I'm not a Gigi Hadid, 
right? Like, after and most I gave, people aren't. Right. Kudos and to yes, them, but. But we are also beautiful. Again, yes. we don't have to use an, an or. It's an and mm-hmm. world. Like, she's mm-hmm. beautiful and we are beautiful. You know, yes. um, and I think that it's important that we we really highlight that because far too often I really feel like we're almost encouraged to hate each other's bodies or hate our own bodies because we don't look like another's bodies. And I'm loving yeah. seeing that um, what sewing really does for that. Right, we're able to really kind yeah. of highlight the beauty that our bodies are coming to us with, and I love that. Right, I also love that. I feel like it's becoming finally more uh, uh, prevalent in the in the fashion world and and by brands and big companies to be more mm-hmm. not only body inclusive but show it. Yes. So it's one thing to offer the size but it's another thing to show models in all of the sizes in your advertising in your magazines on your websites. Um, anyways, what I was saying is I think it's become more acceptable or more, um, common to see big brands and companies in the fashion industry start to embrace models of all sizes and shapes and, and colors and ethnicities and backgrounds and everything, because, you know, they can offer the full size range, but if they're only going to show a model, wearing the smallest size, it doesn't make it me feel like I can also wear that same garment because I don't exactly. see it in my size or someone else's size and see, cause that garment's going to look different on a size zero as it would a different size uh, body. And so I love that we're seeing that be like, I feel like the, the community as a whole, not just sewing the community as a whole of women are saying, Hey, we want to see ourselves in these garments before we buy them. We want to see someone that looks like me or is shaped like me <clears> to go. Yeah. I feel like I can pull that off. And, and that's so important because not everybody sews, not everybody understands their body and they need to be able to see themselves in it. And I love that that's becoming the new norm because it's so overdue. It is. So it, overdue. Is. it absolutely is. And I love that that it's even more than just, so this is a plus size model, but it's a plus size model with a fupa. It's a plus size model (laughs) who isn't the perfect hourglass shape, right? Mm -hmm. Or who isn't perfectly proportioned because even that's really encouraging. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, because for so long we, we would just see, and again, no shade to these, these women, but like, if you're like, I'm plus size, but I'm plus size and I, I have, rolls. I'm plus size mm-hmm. with a lower, lower body fat and it's going to, the garment is going to hang differently on my body simply yeah. because I, I hold weight in a different way. So even highlighting mm-hmm. and showcasing that is also really, yeah. really important. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I'm happy that retailers, yes, but also pattern designers are seeing yeah. the benefit of having the multiple body types presented. Yes. Mm-hmm. And having that size inclusivity so that I can confidently make that pattern. Ashley can make that pattern. Veronica can make that pattern. Anybody can make that pattern. And we all look bomb in it because it's adjusted to everybody's size Mm -hmm. and body. And that's really fun. And so I'm excited (laughs) because like when you release patterns, you're, you've got that in mind and you're 
you know when you get a pattern that you've designed that it's going to be inclusive in those all those body sizes and that's so important yeah mm-hmm. well do you want to talk about being a bernina ambassador and what you do with them sure um <laughs> i love bernina so much um I think that one, like I fell in love with the machines. I was having a sewing date with a girlfriend of mine. She lives in Chicago and I live in Atlanta. And like, we were chatting while we were sewing and she started sewing. And I was like, oh my God, what kind of machine is that? Because it sounds so fantastic, right? Like it didn't sound like my machine. And um, she's like, oh my God, this is a Bernina. Like I was able to get it secondhand. She got it refurbished because Bernina's hold their value really well. And she was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I only paid 1200 I was like, only, oh my God, Jesus. Because at this <sighs> time, I had paid for a machine was like $600 for this Juki surgery that I was using, right? Yeah. And um, she was like, yeah, it was only 1200 And I was like, okay. So it was on my, like my vision board. Like I wanted a Bernina so badly. It was now on your radar. Right. And, um, (laughs) Amanda from Amanda's bundle, she used to be with so, so English, but now she's with Amanda's bundles was like, Veronica, you have to apply to become a brand ambassador with Bernita. And I was like, ah, okay. Like whatever girl. Um, I love Amanda and she, she's such a beautiful person because she thinks so highly of the people who she works with, but she's like, no, you're so talented. You have to apply. And I'm like, "Mm, I've seen some of those Bernina brand ambassadors. They are like, top tier. And I just taught myself how to sew. Like, I don't know if it's for me. So she keeps following here talking yourself out of it. I was, she, but she kept following up with me. One thing about Amanda, she's going to follow through. She was like, did you put your application in? She's like, tomorrow's the last day. And I was like, I will. I literally (laughs) submitted my application. Like the, the, like the last day that you could submit your application. And a lot of it has to do with, because Bernina is such an incredible machine that I was like, I didn't think that I really deserved to sew with it, but I feel like since I've sewn with my Bernina, that the quality in which that I've sewn with has increased. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I submitted my, my, my uh, application and I didn't know when I was supposed to hear back. Right. I was like, Oh, I probably didn't get chosen, whatever. Because again, I knew some of the people who who had applied the same class. And I was like, golly, y'all are fantastic. You all really deserve (laughs) it. Like I'm really hyping them up. I'm like, you guys are fantastic. You guys are wonderful. (laughs) And I was actually on Instagram doing a live and I was at, Look, I was actually talking about this book here. Um, it's the Embody book that is from Jacqueline. And mm-hmm. uh, she's a plus size sewist, but she's also a plus size knitter. And so I was, uh, she had sent me a copy of her book and I was sewing one of the tops that were inside of the book. And I was looking at my phone and it popped up. You've been chosen, but we weren't supposed to be saying anything about it yet. And so I'm on live and I'm like, oh my God, I got chosen a brand ambassador, right? You weren't supposed to tell. (laughs) But I was so shocked because, um, I don't know. I also think I needed something that was good at that point in time. And so, um, becoming a brand ambassador with Bernina has really been, um, has been a catalyst. I feel like in how I viewed myself as a sewist, right? Mm -hmm. Because in my head, I was like, eh, I'm just a, like a self-taught home sewist. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. because I never had any professional training, I didn't do any of these things that some of these people do. I really was like, I don't deserve. Um, but 
What I also learned is that it's not about how you learn. It's about what you're producing, right? And yeah. that quality. The and, story um, you're telling, the people you're representing, the voice that you're, you have, the impact you're having. I mean, it's more than just your skill set, right? And yeah. your training. So that, that can, you can, you can teach those things. You can't mm-hmm. teach someone to be you, right? Mm-hmm. Like you just, that, that is so exactly. they're, investing, they're investing in you as a person and they're right. going to meet you where you're at and then where you need to grow, they're there to support, you know, yeah. but at the same time, exactly. yeah, they are signing um, up for who Aronica is and the person it, that, yes. that she represents. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and they, in essence, you know, affirmed everything that you've just said and their machines are fantastic. Their history mm-hmm. is fantastic. The people that are there are, are next level. Right. Um, and as a blogger, I've been a brand ambassador before, but, um, the amount of support that you receive when you become a mm-hmm. brand ambassador and learning the machines and, um, in outreach, right? Like, so we had a retreat that we go to and, you know, they really help you in. And these are things that I'd already done because I do have a history of already being a blogger and an influencer, but they really, uh, during their training, during the retreat that you're there with them, they really talk a lot about positioning yourself for future successes, right? So if you're Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I want to teach, here are some things Mm -hmm. to do to help you along that path. Or I want to design some things to help you along that path. And so I really feel like um, they invest a lot in us. um, And, you know, I really enjoy and have enjoyed being able to represent them. Um, So like when I was out in Washington, I wouldn't have applied because, again, I do struggle with imposter syndrome in a major way. Um, But. Jeannie, who runs the brand ambassador program, was like, hey, we need more serger people out there. Can you apply? And I applied. And I was like, I'll just put in the application. I don't know if it'll get chosen, but I'm going to apply. And it got chosen. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like what? <laughs> I have never talked in person before, um, especially mm-hmm. like a project. And, um, you know, talking to Jeannie, like she was there to support and provide like any answers to questions that she could. But also when you are a brand, a Bernina brand ambassador, I also feel like it comes with, um, it comes with a certain like je ne sais quoi, right? And I do feel that way about when you're a brand ambassador for any of the machines, right? Whether your brother, mm-hmm. singer, Husvarna or um, Faf, which I just found out was Faf, not PFAF. Okay. <laughs> I think I told you that at So Expo. <laughs> so you're doing the surgers? Yes. Do you have do you have the one the their top of the line surger that does like the air thread? It's fantastic. It is it is so much like the one that I have the 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 Viking Amber Air S six hundred that I have. It's very similar. Like same kind of style of air threading and all of that. And I mean to auto tension and all of that, auto differential feed. I know it does all of that, like that is it's just like so fantastic. Next level serger. <laughs> I love my serger. I will be buried with it. And, and it's just like my favorite thing. Like, you know, chilling with a little brother. You know. I still I teach. Still 1034. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I was my uh, first I had a chance to meet the um well I've worked with Jamie on a couple of different projects, but Jamie mm-hmm. David from Bernina, she was one of the people who was really um in like influential in some of the upgrades that the L890 has. So even mm-hmm. in being able to like talk to her about what her um inspiration was as far as when she decided that she made these these changes or it becoming even more of an intuitive machine than what it is. Yeah. It even became that much more like really cool. Right. Because it's yeah. like, Oh wow. Like I know the thought process behind it because she's also a sewist and she, mm-hmm. you know, was like, Oh, it should also include. So even that I'm just like, ah, oh, it's yeah. really cool to know that a person was able to influence where they went yeah. with that. Right. Um, yeah. And I think that, that is really, really cool. That's some of the fun parts of my job is being, um, because I'm a sewist, um, being involved in those brainstorming sessions of what's to come in the future for all three of our brands and being able to go, okay, if we have artificial intelligence uh, available in our top of the line FOF sewing embroidery machine. I have one here. And so our next question is, okay, so if we wanted to uh, incorporate more commands through artificial intelligence, what would you want your sewing machine to be able to do? Mm-hmm. And like, just to be able to go from what we can make it, like we just, all things were on the table, like anything yeah. that you would want it to do. Right. And then we kind of narrowed it down to what can we implement now based on the technology we have in play and what can we work right. towards in the future? And to be a part of that conversation as a sewist was like, this is really cool. And then to know like these things, these other like dream things were achievable. I'm like, okay, that's really exciting. And it's just to be able to see that side of the sewing business. It's just, mm-hmm. It makes you appreciate the machines and what they can do now already even yeah. more. And it's just really fun. But yeah, I can tell Alexa to like, you know, set my machine to a zigzag stitch with, you know, three Girl, millimeter stitch widths. So and so insane. It is insane. But to be able to say in the future, like, go into my sewing room and be like, Alexa, wake up my sewing room, you know, and it turns on my yeah. machine and my iron and it's and tell me what projects I'm working on today, you know, and it's like, it, it's going to be one like of those kind of things that I want to work today. Oh, very yeah. Cool. yeah. Yeah. So it's just really cool how technology is really impacting the sewing industry mm-hmm. even more. And to see people embracing it too. Um, And in really accepting that as like the future of sewing, it's just going to make us better sewists, more efficient sewists, enjoy the process more. It's going to help people who are new to sewing, learn it uh, easier. It's not going to be so challenging um, as for beginners. It's just really fun. It's really cool. So it's cool that you get to be, uh, to see, have those conversations with, you know, Bernina and say like, Oh, now I really understand what all went into creating this machine that I really enjoy. And there's a lot that goes into those. It's really cool. It is. So It is very cool. Now, before we wrap up, I know you also have your apothecary business. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about that? Cause that was something new when I was learning about you that I was like, I didn't even know you had. So let's, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. So, um, actually, um, it's, it's funny because there are so many moving parts to just kind of life and business and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
when I shifted focus from being a blogger into being a, a business coach. And like, I have an agency where I coach, um, like creative business owners on, um, business ownership and how to be more successful, especially after being told that as creatives, we weren't going to make money. I was like, I really want to make sure that I have a product or a store where I can sell tangible items. Right. Um, it was in part of my business plan when I walked out of corporate America, um, but through the, and when the pandemic hit, I was in the process of getting ready to launch. Um, the pandemic really hit me hard mentally and emotionally and having three kids at home and stuff like that. So as we yeah. began to come out of it, I was like talking to my best friend, who's been one of my greatest supporters just in business ownership. And he was like, just do it. Like, just go ahead and do it. And sometimes again, you know, we spoke about needing someone to just give us permission. And I feel like him just saying that gave me the permission that I needed to, to essentially just launch. And so mm -hmm. it's called Harmony Dress Apothecary. And we, um, I curate a store that is essentially promoting, um, living a softer life, right? Mm -hmm. Because we survive, but how do we thrive, right? We thrive mm -hmm. in softness. We thrive in having a soft space to land, whether that's at home, whether that's in your car, whether that's in setting up the proper plan for your life. Um, like last night I did a live on how I uh, bullet journal because that is something mm -hmm. that makes my life a little bit easier for me. Um, and so in our store, we stock these things. So we stock... Um, just softer items, right? So smell goods, but we do it in a way that is ethically sourced and more sustainable. Mm -hmm. um, so like even our packaging is from like an eco-friendly um, packaging source. So it's been recycled like cardboard that's we're sending our stuff out or we send out in items that you can compost, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But we've got pens, we have journals, we have um, bath bombs, for those who have an internal pH who's super sensitive, we have shower melts because I can't take baths, you know? Um, yeah. So, you know, we stock these things that help you to live more in the present and that mm -hmm. allow you to um, just really enjoy more of life and, and really be able to see the fruits of and enjoy the fruits of your labor and, and in how you unwind and in how you prepare mm -hmm. yourself um, for the day, that sort of thing. So, um, I That's curated, cool. my daughter does the shipping. She was supposed to be doing the marketing, but girlfriend is not doing a great job. <laughs> so I've taken that back on. Um, <laughs> and you know, my kids, the, the younger two, I've got an eight-year-old and a five-year-old. They're also involved with the packaging and, and, and the organizing and stuff like that. And my husband, because, I don't understand things spatially until I am able to hold them. So like the initial boxes that we ordered were like this big because in my <laughs> head, I was like, yes, these measurements are perfect. So he's in charge of doing things like that based off of the stock of what we have. Uh, you know, so we, we, you know, we work together as a family to, you know, just make that. Um, yeah. And the goal, of course, is eventually be able to just kind of pass it down to my oldest so that way she's able to run it and able to curate mm -hmm. it and she's able to, you know, reap the benefits from that as well. It's such a good example for your kids too, to show them what all goes into being a small business, owning a business, yeah. starting a business, um, and also making it a business that you can stand behind with your messaging, exactly. you know, about exactly. taking time for yourself, self-care, prioritizing, 
you know, planning ahead and, and getting or taking some downtime to rest yes. and recover and giving people, yeah, and giving people the resources to do that. You know, not everybody, exactly. you know, like I watched your life for a little bit last night of you just journaling, like and planning out your week. And it's something that I do sometimes, but not consistently. And the weeks that I do it, I am so productive. Yeah. So it's just creating. So having something that is tangible as like a planner that allows you to bullet these things out in a format that works uh, is going to be more of a consistent reminder to do it versus going, oh, I should probably look at my calendar. Mm -hmm. You know, it's more than that. It's more than just making a list in a notebook. So you know, just have giving people those resources because sometimes just figuring out the, the way to do it <laughs> is yeah. the hard part. And so they just don't try. But I love that that's what you guys are doing and standing behind. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm excited. Setting people about up it. for success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's super cool. Um, and I love that you get the whole family involved. Mm-hmm. That's so yes. fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it should be. That's how it should be. I, my son helps me with, has been helping me for years with my bandana business that I have. And, um, you know, I kind of just pay him and like candy and, you know, ice cream, but that's all he wants. So I'm just going to keep <laughs> running that until he starts asking for money. <laughs> that is so funny. We'll work for like, uh, sweet treats. <laughs> yeah. Well, he just, uh, I kind of kindly remind him like, you don't pay rent. So yeah. <laughs> You're, you owe me. <laughs> I I did do, like, she set up on payroll. Good. Uh, but she only gets paid when she works because. Mm-hmm. Good. You have to log her hours? I mean, we do a by package that she packs because, like, mm-hmm. in fact, there is a package that's, like, right behind me that uh, she packed, okay. but she didn't really pack. Like, there's no. Uh, there's no shipping information on here. So I do, I also feel like a lot of it, like growing up, we weren't really taught how to manage funds, right? Because my mm-hmm. generation, like, and I guess our generation, we were the first ones to get debit cards, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And learn how to swipe and what the difference in that. But like, we weren't really taught how to manage that because our parents knew how to balance checkbooks and they knew right. how to use the registers. But if you were swiping and it hits your bank bank account at a different time, right? So I kept Wachovia in business throughout college. You know what I'm saying? Because I <laughs> yes. had so many overdraft charges because I didn't know how to do that. You know, simultaneously, like when it came time for me to pay my bills, no one sat me down and was like, here's how you pay your bills and here's the difference. Mm-hmm. Here's so here's how you oh, budget, here's how you save, here's how you plan, here's how you, you know, Even though she doesn't get always get tangible money for some of these things, but she earns money for her and for her chores, what she does. And it's fake mm-hmm. money and she has to pay her bills every month. So, um, she has her chores that she has to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's paid the fake money so she can earn more than yeah. what her bill costs her per month. Cause she has a cell phone and stuff like that. And so whatever is extra, she can earn 50% of the face value to be deposited into her account. So she can earn that money. And because she's a teenager and she can babysit, she does also earn money for babysitting her her siblings and stuff like that. But I really feel like, um, you know, because I homeschooled, I still am teaching them their life values and their life lessons because we weren't. Like we were expected to know how to pay this bill. 
You know, mm-hmm. we were expected to know these things and I just want my kids to be set up for a higher level of success than I was, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Veronica, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been so much fun mm-hmm. and a breath of fresh air for sure. Yeah. So thank Thanks you for hanging so out. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy that yeah. I got to speak with both of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This was fun. Cause I, you know, we met in person at the So Expo. to this chat so it was just like even more exciting because Mm -hmm. now i like actually got to talk to you in person and hang out with you and then we get to learn more about each other you know here in this conversation and it just solidifies everything i've thought wonderful thing so thank you (laughs) (laughs) well guys thank you so much for tuning into this week's social hour podcast as always you can listen to our podcast on all of the popular streaming channels you can also watch our podcast over on our youtube channel so be sure to subscribe there and then don't forget we have our patreon account which means all of our members get exclusive content every week from us and we're doing some really fun new things with that. So if you want to check it out, be sure to hop on over to Patreon, become one of our members and get that extra insight information over there. All right, guys, until next week, we'll see you soon and happy sewing. Bye. Bye. Bye.